Welcome to Auto Off Topic. Hey, Brad. How are you? Um, not bad. Andrew, not bad. What's going on? Oh, windshield things, I guess, we'll get into, right? Did you do some yeah, windshield both, stuff? Both of us have windshield things this week. That's weird. Yeah. I uh, I think I talked about the, the Montero was leaking from what I yeah. thought was the windshield. So I, I took it over to the local place. They said they do a water test. Guy this morning, I think, tried to top me out of it. I was like, whatever, man. It's like 65 bucks. Just, I think people look at the truck. They're like, oh, you don't have a lot of money. Probably. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, don't worry about it. Just do it. See what you can find. And so I get a call, like, literally, like, an hour later. No, nothing. Can't find any leaking. Like, All right. Fair enough. I just, I guess it makes me feel less insane if somebody else verifies that it's not leaking. Well, you're getting water in the truck, so something's leaking. Yeah, so it must be, you know, it's like an old school where the cowl grate is exposed. It's not covered by the rear lip of the hood, which is pretty common on a lot of like sedans and cars. Sure. And I wouldn't it, say it's old school or new school because I think it's just a design language. Yeah, cars, I suppose. cars, it's not. But it's definitely more of an older style. I don't know any modern cars that have exposed, really exposed grates the cowl anymore it's kind of under the lip of the hood i think yeah i guess you're probably right i wonder if it's more for aerodynamics it probably is and you get that low pressure spot there so it pulls air in yeah kind of like the old cowl induction hoods on the ship and stuff in the 60s and 70s so anyway yeah we've had leaves are falling and i go out and the, the truck's got those like i don't know what you call them are they like maple like the seeds they look like little helicopter blades that's why I call them helicopter sure. blades. They're yeah, sticking they're straight tree, up in the grate. Seeds. Yep. And so I, you know, pull them out, and then I turn on the uh, blower motor because I'm using the truck, and I could hear leaves in there. I'm like, all right, some in there. I gotta. It's not that hard to take the thing out to clean it out. So now my theory is that it's uh, water must be going in through that grate because obviously, if leaves can get in there, water can get in there. And maybe it's filling up the heater box and spilling out of the heater box. Heater well, AC my, box. Well, my thought is it has to have some kind of a rubber drain tube. It absolutely does for the AC. And I'm trying to remember, after using that truck in the summertime, I don't really remember it dripping water out the bottom from yeah. the AC. So you probably have some kind of a plug drain tube somewhere. Yeah, I can blow it, it out. It backs there. up and finds its way into wherever it needs to. Yeah. It's... So that's what happened with that old RX-7 convertible that I've had sitting for a long enough time that I won't mention how long it's been sitting. Um, the drain tubes inside the side of the convertible top had filled up with just gunk over the years and then water backed up into the interior and it got all wet. So, yeah. And then it, um, yeah. So I, I probably, you know, it's, we've had insane amounts of rain this summer here. So it's just, it'll just pours in to probably that grate and then just fills up and spills out and, so you're saying floor. it's been a normal summer in New England? No, no, it's not. We have more rain than we've ever had. The rainiest summer. Yeah, actually, had. it's been it was really rainy here this year too. So it's just really rainy everywhere. But yeah, yeah. No, water is annoying because the problem with water is that whenever something finds its way through like that, like it's going to find the path of least resistance wherever it is, and if it's not sealed to sealed against water from filling up somewhere and going the other direction, then it's going to find its way into the car. And it's super annoying because there's no way to fix it until you find the exact problem. So rather than just building a real big garage and parking everything inside all the time. 
Uh, yeah, that's ideal. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, you live in New England and real estate is not cheap. <laughs> no. I just realized, too, I, I moved my office around to a different part of the house. And I left the pop filter off this mic, but we're going to roll without it. I didn't notice a difference, so you're fine. I heard him. But okay. That'll well, just be the way this episode hear. is. Yep, is what it is. Actually, I can't hear much because something's wrong with my internet connection lately here. Uh, and I know it doesn't translate later to after, you know, after production podcast stuff. But whenever you're talking, I get scratchy, like static in my headphones. So weird. I, uh, yeah. Speaking yeah, of moving good. this, cause I, I'm, I'm hardwired now. Yeah. It's definitely on my end. I can tell you that. Yeah. It's got a, it's all the dust. It's going through the sand in the desert. Right. All the dust between my living room where the router is and the office. Well, it's all About where the wires 15 are. 15 feet away. <laughs> the wires are, are traveling across the country. Ah, through all, through all the okay. things. Sure. All the, all the fiber optics. Sure. A little behind the scenes. It sounds terrible to me. Hopefully it sounds good to everybody afterwards. You actually sound fine to me, so I think you're good. So Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely on my end. Or it could be the computer too. It's a older it's it's aging quite a bit. It's probably six or seven years old now, so it's getting that toll uh it's tiring itself. So it could be processing the recording and the sending the message and getting it back from you is probably a little taxing on it. So speaking of old stuff, uh, you replaced the windshield on the Eclipse because you're going to Radwood? I did. I did. We're talking about old stuff like it's an old car, old stuff like it's old news because I should have done it months ago when it first broke. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, funny story about that. I don't have a glass guy out here. Yeah. Um, There were two glass companies that I used pretty regularly back in Massachusetts. Um, uh, New Angle Glass out of Lynn and Royal Glass out of Salem. Uh, Both independently owned, good people, good work, like exactly what you need for doing glass in, uh, I don't want to say like vintage cars, the Eclipse not really vintage, vintage, but just specialty stuff. You know, you don't want to just go to the, average insurance company says go here place when you're trying to get something you care about done right that's the problem we had with the eclipse in the first place more than likely um and i think we've talked about it on the podcast before that everything or every glass company in the world is being taken over by safe light so we did talk about that yeah yeah and how safe light's taking over all the insurance companies glass calls and it's questionably legal but they're doing it anyway so anyway i was trying to use anybody but safe light um, so I found a couple of independent places out here and the first three that I called would either not call me back or like take my information and then not call me back. And I just got frustrated and then I forgot about it. And then time went by and time went by and the car just sat with a cracked windshield. And I mean, by cracked windshield, it was a cracked windshield. It was destroyed because I'm sure people remember the story of closing the windows on the interstate on the way to San Francisco. And the pressure change caused the glue to let go in the left lower corner of the windshield. And it flexed to the point where the glue was still holding. And of course, cracked from there. So anyway, that was when was Redwood San Fran? July? Uh, Late June, I think. Late June? Oof. Yeah. So the car has been busted for a while. I've just been driving it with a destroyed windshield because, you know trash human that i am your head out the window like ace ventura ah, i mean it wasn't that bad it was it, multiple cracks all over but it wasn't like it was still they the like they don't care out there 
Uh, technically, you, they do. You probably had the um, least cracked windshield driving around. Well, that's the funny thing is we don't have safety inspections out here. But one of the things that you will get pulled over for is if your windshield has a crack that goes from one side to the other. It crosses either plane, either vertical or horizontal, full coverage in the windshield, like full left to right, top to bottom. Um, you will get pulled over and ticketed for that. So it happens quite often. It's one of the things that they use as a, uh, you know, a reason to pull you over because generally the person just cruising around broken windshield might also be the person who might have something else on wrong with them in their thoughts, whether it be warrants or narcotics or old reg or whatever. That's the, you know, the excuse to get you pulled over and find out what's happening. So it's a, the reason to get you on the side of the road and then dig deeper. Um, Thankfully, I didn't get pulled over in my time driving the car. Uh, I know many people that have for that same reason out here, but I did not. Um, finally got a glass company, uh, Arizona Auto Glass. I'll shout them out because they were pretty good. Um, they have a few locations. They're independently owned. Cool thing about them was that they do a lot of stuff that the big companies don't do. Um, there's a lifetime free chip replacement. Like... Uh, repair i should say not replacement like if i get any chip on the windshield at all for the entire time that i own the car they'll come out and fix the chip for free uh and then if i have them fix the chip and the chip cracks again afterwards they'll replace the windshield like free of cost that's so pretty cool that's yeah that's pretty neat if it, if it breaks from their repair i guess is what they say um you know it's guaranteed against any defects for as long as i own the car and the company's been around for 40 something years so they're not going anywhere so it's a pretty good windshield company. They're competitively priced. Um, Arizona is one of the few states. Massachusetts is another one that does not require a deductible on glass. So much like in mass out here, I have no deductible on my glass, which didn't actually cost me anything to uh, repair my windshield. They actually quoted me a price and it was like $100 less than my insurance company gave me a check for. So that worked out well. They came out. Uh, they did the job right in my driveway. They did a pretty nice job. Um, I was a little nervous taking the windshield out because the car did spend a lot of time on the East coast that there would be some rust issues on the bottom of the like frame windshield frame. Cause you see that often on East coast cars, but thankfully it wasn't too bad. There was some pretty heavy scaly rust along the top driver's side edge, but it wasn't like the metal hadn't been eaten away. So they're able to just scuff it down and put some rust converter on it and put the windshield on top of that. Um, the funny thing, or I guess, I don't know if funny is the word, the interesting slash frightening thing was that they didn't have to cut the windshield out. Oh yeah. So I showed them where it started to like release in the lower left corner and I pulled off the, uh, flex tape that was holding it down. Um, and they started to pick up the windshield to see where like the glue is still holding on. And they got the windshield completely in their hands, except for the passenger side A-pillar. Oh. Yeah, and they had to actually use just a razor on one little section there. So the only thing holding the windshield in was a little bit of the adhesive on the passenger side A-pillar and the flex tape on the lower left corner. Wow. So that's not ideal. Nope. So the windshield cracked about six hours into our 12 hour drive to San Francisco. Yeah. 
So we were at the point of like, may as well keep going. So he drove all the way there with a broken windshield, held in by almost nothing, and all the way home. The wind for the past few on months. It. I mean, he was pushing it down theoretically, right? Yeah. So sure. Yeah, you didn't drive backwards really fast, so. Well, unfortunately. But one of the things is that the windshield is an integral part of the structure of a car. Yeah. So it probably made the car, you know, looser and the right combination of bumps could theoretically have popped that windshield out of there and with the windows down, who knows? But thankfully that never happened. Um, It stayed in the whole time. They managed to get it out, put the new one in. It's in nice and straight. Part of the reason with that one, you know, I didn't have that windshield put in. It was put in who knows how many owners ago. Uh, it was not quite straight in the car. It was a little bit crooked and it was off to the passenger side by like a half an inch. All of this probably led to the lack of adhesion by the uh, installer, but it's in there good now. Nice, clean, fresh, new windshield. Uh, as a bonus um, on the first gen Eclipse Talon lasers, there is a black piece of trim that goes from like the B pillar all the way to the base of the A pillar. Yep. And on my car, it had hail damage because my car has hail damage. Don't look too close if you see it in person. Um, I do still need to get that fixed, but those trim pieces had hail damage. And I've had a replacement set sitting here for as long as I've had the car. Um, so I took the opportunity to put the new pieces in versus the old ones with hail damage on them. So there's no more dents in those. I think you took one of my parts car. You didn't? No. Get out of here. No, I did not take one of your parts car. So, but I have the new ones on there now. They had to be cleaned up. They were a little pretty faded from, from sitting in the sun. Um, but I got them now and they're uh, on the car and the car is ready to be my backup transportation to Radwood this weekend. Backup transportation. Yes. What are you taking? The plan is a Sapporo. Oh, I thought you were taking the Eclipse. No, I'd like to take the Sapporo. Uh, it's been the plan since day one. Um, I got a little tied up with getting it fixed due to some frustrations and, you know, personal issues with not being able to work on things sometimes. And then once I get frustrated with it, putting away and not thinking about it, but I'm back on it now. Um, I think I talked about in the podcast how the fuel pump was supposed to go right in easily and it didn't. Yeah. So weird Chinese one. Yeah. Well, I did some digging and I was looking for other fuel pumps that had the factory style single arm versus the double arm on the replacement part. And every single aftermarket one has that double arm. So there's no way to buy one and make it work. You have to modify what you get. So I, uh, I purchased a, I don't have a bench grinder here or I didn't have a bench grinder here. Uh, so I do now have a bench grinder here. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I can thin out that arm. That is what rides on the, the lobe on the camshaft. That's like the dumbest pump thing. The actual like what? So what Mitsubishi vehicle has the double arm that they just modeled this off of? So it looks to me like the only part that's in the way is the jet valve. So on the ones that don't have that third valve housing in the head, the non-jet valve heads, it probably works. Huh. Or it's probably just a universal style, and it's probably the same across Mitsubishi's four cylinders and V6s and it might work on a Volkswagen or God knows what. It could just be like a universal part um, and it just kind of works for everything but not quite works for everything. 
we were at uh, JCCS and I was talking to um, David who owns the Black Dodge Challenger, which is the Dodge version of the Sapporo. And I was describing the issue to him and he had just done his fuel pump about (laughs) six months ago. And uh, he described the same problem trying to get his his fuel pump to fit. And he said he had to actually grind it down to make it thinner to fit between the jet valve and the head bolt. So it seems like that's going to have to be what's going to have to happen here too. So I got that grinder and actually when we're done recording tonight, that's the plan is to go out to the garage and uh, see if I can finish that project because I am leaving for Radwood Friday night and we're recording this on Wednesday night. So I would like to have like, you know, proof that that works, get it back together um, and drive the car maybe to work tomorrow or Friday and see if it goes or not. And then I go from there before I drive it six hours to Radwood. So I guess we'll see. I always seem to have some kind of last minute repair to make no matter what I take. So there we go. Yeah. That's just with the juggling that many vehicles, I guess. You know, that's probably part of it. Having, having a few vehicles, you have to maintain a few vehicles. And honestly, other than, you know, my catastrophic engine failure in the Gallant, um, I haven't had that bad of luck, so I should knock on wood, you know? I've had pretty good luck with these cars, so it's not a big deal. I, uh, last night, finished up on getting everything else ready to put back together. You know, I had to clean up all the old gasket material from the valve cover gasket and all the gasket material from the base of the carburetor because I had to take the carburetor off because it was in the way of the fuel pump. Um, so that's all ready to put back together as soon as I have a fuel pump that fits in the hole. So hopefully, hopefully I have it tonight with my new bench grinder. So quick pro tip, Ryobi makes a really good plug-in bench grinder. That's like fifty nine ninety nine. It's pretty cheap. So that's where we're at. Yeah. Got to put the car together. Cool. And then that means that this weekend will be Radwood LA. And uh, I will be there. You will not. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'm not leaving until like after work on Friday again. So it'll be a oh, bonsai run through the night. I mean, it's but, not it's in Torrance, so it's not like. Coast. Yeah, it's about it's about five and a half hours. Yeah, it literally shaves off probably an hour and a half from going right to the coast. Yeah, it's about five and a half hours. I'm not stressed. It is what it is. Um, I did it for JCCS. So I'll do it again for. For uh, for Radwood and uh, Angry Bird GTI, Chris Cavalieri is actually riding out with me, so I won't be alone no matter what. Anyway, so should be a uh, oh, be a good uh, is it is it just you and Chris, or is Naomi going too? Uh, nope, Naomi is actually riding her bicycle in a bicycle riding event in Tucson. She's riding so. her bicycle to Redwood. No, definitely not. Uh, it's a, it's a, a ride she does every year. Uh, doesn't like to miss it, so. She goes to most Radwoods with me, but she'll be missing this one. So, unfortunately, her ride didn't happen last year because it was 2020. So she hasn't done it in a couple of years, and she wants to do it. So, well, I, neither uh, did this Radwood. So, this Fair. is a val- this is a valid point, and neither one of us want to miss this event. So here we are. Um, so she will not be going with me, unfortunately, but we'll uh, we'll make the best of it. So, unfortunately, there's no caravan going. At that time of day, so I'll be going out by we going out by ourselves, but 
if anybody who is in the Phoenix area listening wants to caravan out with somebody, there are a few leaving at a few different times. And if you uh, message me on Instagram, I can probably get you set up with one of them. Who else? Uh, um, who else is going? Oh, uh, there's a big, a bunch of people going that I know. <laughs> so uh, our friends Laserhawk with the, his Miata is heading out there. Yeah. And it's actually a Miata meet the night before Radwood. So if you have a Miata, um, I think it's K-N-O-I-D is the name of the Miata group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. out there. So they're uh, having a big meet the night before uh, Radwood. Um, uh, Greg and Becky with all the Nissans are heading out there. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a bunch of people going out. I'm, I'm going to forget who's going, but there's, there's tons. I was talking to uh, Tyson today. He's going out with a big group of Acura people. So there's... Quite I know. A few. You've got like a Honda Acura. It's kind of like a homecoming show. Yeah, well, they definitely have to go to that for sure. I mean, especially Tyson being the, you know, Acura guy that he is. He's like Acura's number one brand ambassador. So I think he was actually there for the Integra reveal. and He's going back for for Radwood. So. Is our buddy Ron bringing any of his Hondas? Oh, yeah. Ron, Ron is going, but he's leaving well before me. Uh, he's bringing out the Starion and his recently imported... Right hand drive ninety five prelude. Cool. Um, our friend Mike is going with the Capri RS. So I mean, there's yeah, there's the amount of people going is just it's going to be a big show. Obviously. Sorry, you can hear my dog crying in the background. That's right. I was on mute because I was coughing. So oh, perfect. This is nothing, nothing if not the most professional podcast you've oh, ever yeah. listened to. This is how we do it. Yeah. Weird. I think that uh, coughing and dogs and cats in the background is just like since 2020, it's just acceptable anyway. Kids screaming, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I watch professional on like NBC recorded shows that had like cats in the background, so I'm not stressed about oh, it. Oh, totally. Yeah, all part of the new normal. But what do you got coming up, Andrew? I know you got something pretty important happening pretty soon. I do. You do? Oh. It involves oh, 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 right, right, right. getting rid of something, and then we can talk about other auction things afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, real quick, before we get off Radwood, they are debuting the, well, they're not debuting it, but they're going to have a public showing of the new Integra there. So Yeah, I think it's like the second public showing of it since the initial reveal, which was a press-only event. So it might so, be the first actual public showing, I think. Yeah, we'll talk about it, because we do have opinions, but I wanted to let you at least look at it in person first. Sure. And then we'll talk about it. So maybe you, next episode or the episode after. You, the TV show, The Critic, it stinks. That's our... Uh, hey, maybe not. That's that's our without seeing it in person opinion. Uh, only can, from I, one view. The, the I'm saying the side profile, not good. Other views, looks pretty good. Well, side profile... On paper, it looks the specs like, looks really good. Yeah, I, I have no issue with the mechanical specs of the car. Everything sounds good. You know, the power to weight, six-speed manual, everything seems like it's the right enthusiast, you know, combination of parts, but it does kind of look like a duck-billed platypus from the side. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, it kind of looks like a combination between a Honda Cross Tour and a Kia Stinger. Yeah. But it's like the worst elements of both. So, but that's, again, that's without seeing it in person. I'll see it in person in three days. And uh, come next week, I'll give you my absolute opinion on it and uh, hopefully it will no longer be it stinks it will be it's a modern car right yeah so we'll see all right yeah so 
uh, this Friday. I don't know exactly what time. They didn't really give me a time, I don't think. They just told me it's happening Friday. So, no, most of them go up at the same time, sometime in the middle of the night. It said they stagger them. Okay. So, which makes sense, because you don't want all of them ending at one at the same time? Correct. The way we do it over at Auto Hunter is we launch them all at the same time, and we stagger the endings. So, but anyway, trying to find I don't know if they're the same way or not. Because usually in the morning, you'll have an email from Cars and Bids that says, you know, new cars launched today, and they're all already launched. Or maybe that's because I'm on the West Coast. I don't know. Please note the auctions go live at intervals throughout the day, beginning in the morning and ending in the late afternoon uh, huh. Pacific time. Okay. Well, they so they may go live earlier or later in the day. Interesting. Yep. So they must do exact to the hour auction beginning and ending. Yeah. All right. Yeah, ours don't do that. Ours start like 12. Actually, you know what? I take that back. They start in five minute intervals in the middle of the night. Hours do. All right. And then they end in 20 minute intervals from late morning to early afternoon. Yeah, because you anyway. certainly don't want, uh, if there's multiple cars that I have the luxury of bidding on, I don't want them ending at the same time. Right. Um, in that extreme case of having extreme wealth to bid on multiple cars. Yes, you definitely need extreme wealth to build a bid on multiple cars and cars and bids. Uh, That's not true. You could you could do it with like moderate wealth. Moderate wealth. If you chose, chose the right cars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, the Q45 goes up Friday, ends Black Friday. So a whole week going up. No reserve. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. So if you want Andrew's Q45, it's selling to pay $2. You might have a chance. Yeah. I'm sure there's a minimum bid and it's not $2, but you know, it's probably, I think it starts in hundred dollar increments. Something Um, like that. I don't know. uh, Predictions. Do you want to put predictions down right here on the air? I don't know. It's so the market is pretty crazy. The market is strange. Um, After seeing what you saw today, which we'll talk about after this, does that change your opinion on your number at all? Yeah, I mean, I bet six. Okay. Uh, I'm guessing a little more than that. I bet the car goes for 75. Yeah, there was a nicer one in August with more mileage. But cleaner undercarriage that went for eight, 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 eight. Okay. It's 70 K on it. Black on tan. Yeah, fifty four to seventy is not really a huge jump in my same mind. exact yeah. uh ninety five T. Same yep. exact same exact car, just the colors are different. So I'm I'm betting your car will go more than seven. Um I'll say seventy five just to put a hard number on it. Uh we'll go price prices right rules. So you're at six. I'm at seventy five. I mean, I was originally at forty five hundred. Like I, I don't know. Like I could be anywhere. I think in today's market, it's going to go more than forty five. The fifty four thousand mile ninety five Q forty five. You know, it's not like it's a very common vehicle just to find out there. So you're not you're not going to get rich off the one car. It's not going to be a million dollar two thousand GT. But I think it's uh, going to be. Somewhere north of seven, and I'll say seventy-five. No, and it's not a perfect car; it's a driver. Yep, but seven grand is driver driver quality car. I guess time. so. I guess so these days. Because so. um, when we talk about the car, you were trying, you were actually trying to bid on a car on a site. Yeah, I've never, I've never actively bid on a car until this week. 
on uh, on a, uh, auction, a car auction site, despite working for one and having following them for years, uh, and having bought a car that was featured on Bring a Trailer, but not it was before they had auctions when I remember we bought the Audi Four Thousand. Um, yeah, it was just a uh, aggregate uh, aggregate site just of. Yep. Yeah, they had pulled the ad from the out from the Quattro World forums. Actually, I think is where they had pulled the ad from. Um, and I bought that car, but that was before Bring a Trailer got any money out of the deal or auctioned the car or anything. Just it a blog site. A yep, it was just a blog. So that's how long it's been since I bought a car online like that. Um, but I actually was bidding on a car on Bring a Trailer. Uh, as you all know, I have my beloved, terrible Ratty Flatty. Um, it needs a ton of bodywork, as in it has holes and places cars shouldn't have holes. You know, if Bring a Trailer were to run an article on my car, it would be one of the See Where They Rust articles because my car has that much rust. So an opportunity came up. It's a 1985, so it was one year newer. Still a flat body Starion, uh, but it was a West Coast car its entire life. It lived in northern Nevada, so it did have some undercarriage surface rust on the mechanical parts because they do get winter and snow and whatnot up there. Some people were aghast by it. Yeah, Even for New England, we were like, "Oh, that's barely anything." That car's mint. So the plan was that because people were so aghast about it, and because it had a cracked windshield, and the headlights were stuck up, and it had mismatched mirrors, one of which was missing the glass, and it had a broken tail light. I didn't even and it had that closely. Dent, it had a dent in the quarter panel. Um, it had a back bumper that was all torn up. A dent in the hood. A dent in the roof. A cracked front air dam missing a big chunk. Um, tires that had cracks in them deeper than the Grand Canyon. Uh, the car was a mess. Compared to my car, it was a brand new car, but the car was a mess. The interior was absolutely immaculate. All original tan cloth, which you don't ever even see. Most of them are leather. I had the original wheels. It was a one owner, you know, 110,000 miles, I think, on it. So not like a super low miler or anything, but it was a well-worn car. Uh, in fact, when I showed it to people at work, they said, what are you doing? This car is a shitbox. And then I proceeded to show them pictures of my car and they went, OK, this car is fine. <laughs> so it had a lot of issues. And because it had a lot of issues and the car was going off at no reserve, I was like, you know what? I'm going to wind up buying this car because it's going to go for sub three thousand dollars. Because it's bring a trailer. They don't want ratty old cars. I'm surprised it even made it past their curation. Um, so I'll buy it cheap. It's not far. It's actually only about 20 minutes from frequent guest and good friend of ours, Bradley Brunell. It's uh, not far from his house. <laughs> so I called him and I was like, hey, if I win this car, can you collect it for me and then park it for a few days until I can get a flight up there and drive it home and get some tires for it? And he said, absolutely. I'm totally down. He said, if it ends before Radwood, I'll even bring it to L.A. for you. Um, so I was like, cool. So I put my bid in at, uh, I think it was at $1,400 when I put my bid in. So it's interesting when you bid on bring a trailer, they do hit your credit card for a hold. Yep. Um, but they hit your credit card for a hold of whatever the 5% buyer's commission would be. Or their minimum of two hundred and fifty dollars buyer's commission. I think so I, I bid on that Renault. Like, okay, yep. It was like five hundred bucks. Right. 
So they held 250 off my card. So I'm already out 250. And I said, well, my number was three grand, but I'll go to three grand plus 250 if I have to. I'm not going to go much higher than that. I think um, when we woke up this morning, the auction was at $1,696. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, you know what? I'll go to like 32 because I'm not going to lose the car over $200, right? Right. So I'll, I'll go a little more. Maybe somebody else is out there saying the same as me and the three grand's the number and I'll hit it to 32 because anything under 5000 or $10,000 on bring a trailer gets bid up in $100 increments. I mean, or more if you want, but the minimum bid is $100. So I woke up this morning, it was sixteen ninety six. I think I, so at the end of the day, the auction had like 9,000 views. Um, I think I was 8,000 of them because I kept hitting refresh to make sure my thing was working. Um, by about, I don't know, 11 o'clock my time, it was up to like 1985, which is the year of the car. Somebody put that bid in. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Somebody put that, you know, joke bid in there. It bid it up a little bit. That's annoying, but it is what it is. Um, come close to auction end. Man, it was a flurry of people interested in buying this car. And you can go into the auction history of every username and I'm going in there and one guy had like bought and sold 50, 60, $70,000 cars. Like multiple guys had done that and they're bidding on this little $2,000 Starion. Is it a game to buy the cheapest car and bring a trailer? Like, I don't, I don't know, but to say like, Oh, for this week I bought the cheapest car. Well, let's, let's put it this way. The car was loaded up. No reserve, right? At the end of day one, every car that got presented at no reserve that day, Every car was over $5,000, including cars that I wouldn't think are worth much more than $5,000, except for this little Starion that was at like 800 bucks at the end of day one. Nobody was bidding on it. All week, nobody bid on it. All the other cars went through the roof early. By the end of bidding on this car, the guy who bought it paid $6,300 for a ratty, flat Starion. And it just kind of blew my mind. It's probably the most expensive flat body I've seen in a while. It's the most expensive flat body that I can find sold in the United States. Because I feel like maybe this was even a year ago. Remember there was that black one? I think it was East Coast car. It was a really nice shape. Southern East Coast. It's a black flat body car. It was okay. for sale. I think it was maybe. Craigslist or Facebook. Yeah, maybe. I'm kind of remembering it. Kind of not remembering it. I think it was like 3500 bucks. Yeah. And it was mint. Yeah. Nicer than this car. Significantly. Yeah. You know, I mean, this car, again, other than the the rust on the body, which obviously is a significant value, you know, knock on my car, wasn't in much better shape than my car otherwise. You know, as far as the interior and the engine condition and all that stuff, like, and we paid, what, 800 bucks for that car? (laughs) Like, I mean, that was a long time ago. This doesn't count, but still. $6,300 $6,300 is a number I did not expect. Um, the guy's username was Skyline GTR. So you know he's got some stuff. Um, and thankfully, he did put a comment in after the auction was over where he said, uh, this car is going to live in my garage. I'm going to restore it back to new. Uh, and it's going to be with my collection of vintage Japanese cars. So at least it wasn't bought by like some guy who's going to cut it into a race car or something like happened to the last one. So... Why would you spend six grand on a car to cut it into a race car? I don't know, but that's what happened to the last one. The last flatty that sold that I was trying to get sold for like two or three grand. 
and they cut the car up into a race car and it was it was a mint like 70,000 mile original car. You remember that car it was a beige one just like this one? Yeah. And the car got caught up into a race car and then raced a few times and then thrown in the trash. Weird. So, yeah, it's super annoying. It's that whole lemons thing again. But. Yeah, I will say we've got our friends did lemons, but they literally went out and bought a piece of crap car. Yeah. Like. It was not a good car. Yeah, there are plenty of flat stallions out there that you can turn into race cars and nobody will care. <laughs> that one was not one of them. But again, thankfully that it's not happening with this car. It sounds like the guy's taking care of it. Um, hopefully he'll make it better. You know, and the historical record of this car selling for $6,300 is out there. So when it goes back in the market again, if it does, then it's restored nice, then it'll be worth some money. So, you know, flat cars in Australia are selling for 20, 30 grand. So it's not unheard of for flat cars to sell for money, just not in the States, because in the States we got the wide cars and people want the wide cars. So I must also not forget that I literally gave away a wide body car before I moved out here. That was a nice, solid body. Everybody loves the wide body cars, too. Yeah. They're kind of literally literally gave it away. I told him today I was going to Indian give it back after seeing that auction. I'm not that into the wide cars. I love them. I love them all. Don't get me wrong. Um, and a, a well set up, well styled wide car. More, I, I, much more I have, I have a two car starring in dream garage with one of each. Um, and I have them both built in my head to a certain aesthetic, but it's down the road a ways. So the good news is I do have a line on a good flat body shell out here. The bad news is I haven't jumped on it because it's an automatic car. And even though it's here and it's dry and it's pretty straight um it's been sitting in the desert for a long time and it will need a lot of attention so i haven't jumped on it and the automatic will require switching over all the pedals and all the hydraulics and all that so it's not as simple of a project you know so this this car was literally perfect because all the stuff that was broken on this car i have good here waiting for the car and it was a nice straight body that wasn't just parked in the desert forever with everything dry rotted. The car literally was run a few times a year for its entire life, you know, having been driven regularly until 2015. Yeah. So it was it was literally the perfect candidate for what I wanted to do. You know, the plan would have been to drive it as is, fix the minor little things on the car, um, and strip down my she- my car that I have here into a shell. And slowly restore all like the subframes and that stuff and then move them over to this car and then have this car painted and have like a perfect flat body stereo for significantly less effort than trying to fix my wrecked and rusted one. So the plan is still out there. I actually need to find the right shell and I need to decide if it's worth doing that with the automatic shell or not, you know? Yeah. So anyway, it was frustrating. But on the same note, we're complaining about a six thousand three hundred dollar Starion for sale or sale on on bring a trailer the same day a thirty three thousand dollar a86 Corolla base stock kind of worn out car sold for thirty three thousand dollars yeah so, yeah it's kind of crazy I guess we got to take it in stride that's car price is just ridiculous and and also we've talked about this before bring a trailer is not where you get deals no it's not I was hoping this was gonna be the time one time where it was but yeah maybe 
And it, honestly, I wasn't even looking for a deal. I thought that three grand would have been market value for that car. Yeah, it's just so competitive for even just scraps, apparently. Yeah, I mean, my literally my job every day is to put values on cars. That's what I do all day, every day now. <laughs> um, and I would never in my wildest dreams have put uh, over $3,000 value on that car. So it is what it is. I also wouldn't have valued a kind of shabby looking A86 GTS Corolla for 33 grand either, but... Nope. What do I know? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, people are bored. Maybe. Don't know what to do with their money. I keep hearing that there's no money out there anymore, but I, one look at uh, Bring a Trailer results will change your mind there. So, on another note, at over at Cars and Bids, in the past week, they've sold both an imported Evo and an imported GCWRX for sub 12 grand. Yeah. I mean, that you Evo know? was a little rough. Sure, what about ten thousand one hundred dollars? Like, yeah, it was cheap you can, though. You can do a lot of work on that car and still be into the car for less than. Do you see, it was one. in better shape. Yep, and it was like fourteen grand or something, maybe something like that. It was more than twelve. It was fourteen, but still, it was still cheap. And I was like, man, I wish I had that kind of money to play with, not three grand. But we'll see. Um. Anyway, that's that's our auction rant. I'm about to go. And see how your Q45 auction goes because I don't know now. This is so weird. Like, yeah, it, to me it doesn't seem like a super desirable car. It's a neat car, sure. It's a like it's nice. Yep. But it's like really obscure. Yep. And if it was the Lexus version of the car, the LS400 with that kind of miles on it, it'd be ten grand plus. Yeah, but because it's just got a better reputation. Um, yep. I mean, these are really cool cars. And I definitely sort of impulse bought it because I remember driving them when I was younger. Sure. And then driving around, and I'm like, oh, this drives nice, but like, it's comfy. It's like driving a, a body on frame car. Like, you know, it's a, it's sure. basically a Cadillac. Yeah. But I'm just like, eh, it's not what I like. Well, oh, don't unsell it now, man. You're trying to sell the car. It's don't not try. what I like. If you, oh, like, this car is boring. Oh, if, you get look, out well, here. if you like big, comfy, cushy cars. This is what this is for you. Yeah, 100%. You want to ride in style into a Radwood or, or a Malaise Motors? This is the car for you. Which I do like, but as a Cressida guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you could do a VIP. I don't know. Once you buy it, it's yours. You could do a VIP build with this thing if you wanted to. Sure. Well, I'm not buying it, so. Unless yeah. it's like $2,000 that I'm buying it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> but it won't be it'll go it'll go for a good amount of money yeah so anyway moving moving on to auctions once that's over um i have a a finished plan now for the volkswagen yeah um i told you about i was had a guaranteed offer from like kelly blue book to go to these different dealerships and get it sold right i talked about that last podcast yeah a little bit so i did that i walked into the dealership uh i'm gonna call them out because they suck uh, it's Bell Road Toyota here in Phoenix. Don't go there. They're terrible people. Um, the offer said $8,300 guaranteed cash offer. It's like, great. I drove over there. They look at the car. They walk around it. You know, I had described the damage on the front bumper to them. They were fine with it. They looked at it, took pictures. All right, everything's cool. Come back in. We'll do some paperwork. You sure you don't want to trade it in? You want to buy a car? Like, no, I'm not right now. I'm just looking to get rid of it. Like, 
what would you want? I was like, well, I've got a lot of things in my brain. I go, a truck to a this to that to yada yada yada. She's like, all right, well, we have. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not buying a car today. Period. I'm gonna leave you with the car, and I'm gonna call Naomi for a ride home. Like, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> like, I'm not buying a car today. We're standing in the Toyota dealership next to a forty-seven thousand dollar Avalon. Like, nothing in here is gonna get my wallet out, except to put the check in it and go away. So, unfortunately, after all this conversation, after they're getting ready to write me a check, go over all the paperwork. Now the manager comes out. Sorry, sir. We're not able to buy your car today. There's a problem. All right. What's the problem? Well, seems that there was an airbag went off back in 2014. What happened there? I don't know. Well, can you tell me what was fixed? The airbag? I, I don't know. I didn't own the car. Like I've owned the car for three years. It's never been a problem. 2014 was eight years ago, seven years ago. Eight, math just screwed up in my head. Seven years ago. Um, car has been fine ever since. So I don't really understand. Yeah, there's no airbag light on. There's no airbag light actively on. Oh, uh, we can't, we can't buy cars that have ever had an airbag go off. So you don't buy any cars, sir. I, basically. Yeah. I'm like, well, you already like we can't buy it. We can still take it on trade though. Wow, that's yeah. I was like, well, but it's just going to wind up going right to auction afterwards. That's what he said. We buy cars to sell them for trade. They can go to auction. He's like, so what can we look at a car today? And I was like, no, like I'm not trading this in. I don't think you understand. Like I might be buying another car in the future. I don't know what it is. I'm just looking to unload this thing and move on to the next. So. Maybe it was karma because I was trying to sell them a car with a weird clutch noise or something. Who knows? But they don't know anything about that. Um, so the new plan is to buy a clutch and flywheel um, and do the job with the assistance of uh, Arizona Jordan. So we can knock it out maybe over the Thanksgiving weekend. So... Then get the nose fixed, the bumper and hood, and then run it through cars and bids. And be able to run it through cars and bids knowing that I'm selling a 100% mechanically good car, you know, versus trying to stuff it on some dealership somewhere for half price. So that's the new plan. So hopefully it works out. Hopefully it works out. But that car will be up for sale, and I'll run it through there for no reserve as well. Um, And... uh, you know, as long as what I owe when it gets paid off, I'll live. But it's uh, it's got to be the right way to do it. And, you know, I, I might as well make the car perfect and move to move it on to somebody else. And it'll be mechanically perfect because there's nothing else wrong with the car. You know, I'll, I'll have to put new tires on it before I sell it because they're pretty worn in the rear. Um, but that's fine. I'll, I'll make all that money back, hopefully, by having the history of having it all done, having pictures of it being done, having all the you know, history before it of maintaining the car. It's a killer car. It'll be, you know, essentially back to a brand new car. And those cars with 80,000 miles on them are still pretty bulletproof, except for this weird clutch thing that doesn't happen to all of them. But of course happened to mine. Yeah. I'll be looking at probably about a thousand bucks to the clutch instead of the four to $6,000 the Volkswagen dealer had thrown out there. So, is what it is. Nothing else I can do about it now, right? 
Nope. So that's the plan. It'll get done right, and then uh, keep an eye out for that car being for sale. And if you're looking for a very well maintained, perfect, perfectly mechanically conditioned diesel Volkswagen six speed wagon, that'll be the one. Yep. So that's what it, it, it frustrates me a lot because I have taken incredibly good care of that car. I followed the maintenance schedule to a T. Um, I mean, right down to the minutia of the maintenance schedule of having the brake fluid flushed and the air cleaners done when they're supposed to be done. And like to have something go wrong after all that is just. Well, that and you don't tow with it. You don't you're not a bad driver of manual transmission like. No, I did tow a trailer with it, but it wasn't like I didn't tow a it was a pretty lightweight trailer like. Yeah, yeah. And that trailer weighed a thousand pounds. Actually, we, I can tell you exactly what the trailer weighed. Um, if I looked it up, because we met, we weighed each tote we put on it. We know what the trailer weighed. It was sub one thousand pounds. So yeah, and it's also like annoying because the those components aren't worn out. No, the clutch works fine. The flywheel broke, didn't wear yeah. out. Yeah, I, I guess what happened is I don't know if I described how it works, but the dual mass flywheel. So basically it has these giant weights in it. Um, kind of picture like an automatic winding watch that has the counterweight in it. Yeah. It pretty much has these giant counterweights in it with rubber isolators that absorb the impact of releasing the clutch pedal. Yeah, it's kind of so like it, a sprung clutch disc. Yeah, so it smooths out the engagement of the clutch and it makes it feel more like an automatic transmission car to a passenger. Um which is is what it is. I, I'd be fine without it. Most people probably would too, but they did it anyway, and they do it in all their manual transmission cars. They have since the Mark IV Golf and the B5 Audi. They've done that dual-mass flywheel thing. I, I've, I've had other cars with dual-mass flywheels. I've never had them fail. You know, I had a Mark IV Golf. I had a B5 Audi. Um, never had an issue with that stuff, but here we are. Um, there is a kit out there to convert to a single-mass flywheel. Uh, it yeah, winds up this. costing about the same as the dual mass. Yeah, you but, said it ruins the transmission. Yeah, and the more I read about it, the more that's true. For it's, diesels. With the six-speed O2, O2J, I think it is, minutia of Volkswagen transmission codes. With the six-speed, it accelerates wear on the synchros by not having the dual mass. On the five-speed, it's fine. So unfortunately, this is a six-speed. Uh, I'm not going to do the conversion because I don't want to wind up ruining... The whole transmission for me or future you or future user. Um, yeah, and then somebody's gonna know that, and if you go to sell it, they'll be like, "Well, this has said that the conversion is wrong." Yep. So it doesn't cost about the same, you know, to do a dual mass or a single mass conversion. So I'll just live with the with the dual mass. Uh, I'll get it done, and uh, I have access to a lift to do this job. It sounds like so. I should hope make it a little bit easier. Uh, it looks like you know, experienced mechanics do this whole swap in four hours. So. I figure if I book myself 12, I'll get it done. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I'll get it done four because I'm not experienced as a mechanic as some people, but I'll have the help of a mechanic with me and we'll see where we can go. But it'll be good to get it done. And you know what? After it's all done, I'll be able to sit back and be like, I did that, you know? So I guess that's satisfying in its own right. But yeah, so it will be for sale after that. And then, we can really get down and dirty about what the next car will be for a daily. So there's been like a half a dozen cars. I almost pulled the trigger on at my own auction site. 
So maybe I'll just pull the trigger on something over there. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's where we're at. Got anything else to talk about today, Andrew? I um I got some film back from um JCCS. Okay. And uh so I shot slide film, which is Ectochrome one hundred. That's fresh yep. stuff, brand new. I saw and those I, pictures, they're good. Those look cool. Yeah. And I have this I bought probably twelve boxes of it, this Mitsubishi film off of eBay. Sure. And I had it way back. I mean I, I've used it in uh I think you got it for the first rad we went to, didn't you? Ooh, maybe I did. I think you did, because you had the whole the whole getup with the vintage boxes and everything. Oh, maybe it is that. Maybe I did have it that long ago. Maybe it was a different Radwood. I've shot it a couple of Radwoods, I think. Yep. Um And it's usually like it's a cool look. It's kinda worn out. Looks it looks like expired film. Sure. The, the lab I use the guy's like, ah, expired film. Just buy fresh stuff, it's better. Like, uh, uh, does he get annoyed with you? Yeah, because I mean he's a he's a film guy. Like, there's plenty of, there's plenty of beautiful brand new films you can buy. Yep. Um, it's just kind of a tr- it's just trendy to buy expired stuff and shoot it. Sure, and you get different effects sometimes, and so the, sometimes the, it's a desired effect, and sometimes it's uh yeah the ones that came back. That, so that's the other thing. So these stupid rolls are only twelve exposures, so it costs like. 12 bucks to develop 12 exposures where if I shot a fresh roll of 36 film, 36 exposure, it's the same money. Right. So it's less, you know, so that's kind of annoying, but they're like bright pink. Yep. It's weird. Like the, it's like, it's like missing a whole color. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to remember how they, so when they make film each color, it's like, you know, yellow, cyan, red, they're all kind of, it's like a inkjet printer. It's the same colors, right? Sure. So those are all kind of embedded in the in the emulsion. And then when it's processed, that's when they come out. But when film ages, I, I think the blue is what initially ages out first. Okay. And so that's why it's not there. I believe the official name is cyan. Cyan. So when I believe that ages out first. And this film is from like 2006 and it's weird. Like you don't, I guess film just ages from background radiation in the atmosphere. That's what destroys it. So that's why you keep film in a refrigerator. Okay. So it's cold, dry, dark. And you keep it in your basement insulated. with all that radon. I no, actually it's, it's, better. it's, it's in the, uh, it's Stephanie's it's the film slash butter drawer. Okay. refrigerator <laughs> Maybe it was all the butter got to it i don't know maybe the problem is you put it like some margarine and it was all upset yeah know what to do. So, i mean they look kind of cool like it's they're funny they're, they're, they're like very really, pink. They're, they're very pink but they're not like granulated like there was one time yep. i shot a super old roll uh there's pictures of the colt on it and it was just so deteriorated like it was really grainy it was really bad yeah, the, the pictures of the colt were kind of neat though because it kind of fit the aesthetic yeah. of the colt kind of granulated and bad and you can do stuff like you know you can turn it black and white and you could call it corrective in lightroom but it's like whatever it's kind of that's the fun of it that they, that they turn pink so yeah that'd be neat to call it corrective and see what they look like 
it's funny because the first picture I saw was the picture of that Infinity M30, uh, which had the bright red windows. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if there was some kind of weird, like, the, you know, light sensor did something weird, the reflecting of the red. But nope, it was definitely just. No, because it doesn't have anything to do with. Um, it's not like digital. It doesn't color balance. It's, it's all in the film. So it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to color correct them because it's just I have plenty of pictures of all those cars I, t- I shot with digital and it looks they look great that way, too. So I just leave it because they're it's weird now. So, yeah, well, they're neat. That's all that matters. Yeah. The slide film ones came out really cool, though. Yep. It looked really good. The aesthetic of that film was really neat. They call it. Yeah. Color, so it's, it's, it's very, very warm. It's very, uh, well, I would say the slide film at Chrome is very blue. OK, real blue tint to it. Um, I guess warm is more yellow, but it, it just... yeah, blue is cool. It's it's, it's cooler. Uh, other stuff I usually shoot like color plus. That's very warm, and like Fujifilm Velvia, I believe is the color reversal film. That's more of got purple in it. Okay, just kind of cool. So I mean, and that's the other thing too. That's the funny thing when you. You shoot digital, you can also just make stuff look like this too. Yeah, of course. Like I usually throw a little little warm, a little purple into my digital stuff, kinda gives them a little better look. Well also we opinion. grew we grew up with the aesthetic of film shots, so it's nice to have a reminder of that in our digital photography. It yeah, it's pleasing. A, yeah. I, I agree. Add a little bit of contrast. Sometimes digital stuff lacks contrast. Makes things look a little flat, but I just thought it was kind of cool. So I'm back today. Excellent. All right, sir. Well, I uh, I think that's probably a podcast tonight. Do you think? I think it sounds pretty good because I'm yeah. starting to sound bad. So I you're sounding a little rough. Sounds like you're not feeling uh, 100% over the weather. Yeah, I'm gonna take some uh, Nyquil and get some. Is, that, is over the weather a thing? Under the weather. No, under the weather is bad, but you're not feeling, you are feeling under the weather, so you're not feeling over the weather. <laughs> what? Right? I'm confused. They should be, because I'm probably wrong. Yeah, i just making up phrases. I am, but it's fine. Okay. You're not, you are, you are not feeling, it's double negative, you're not feeling over the weather. You are feeling under the weather. All right. Sure. My brain is apparently also out of the weather. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess so. This is yeah. a. It was yeah. a very draining day today. It was emotionally draining watching this auction on this Starion go up in increments that I could still afford to all of a sudden a price I couldn't even think about. <laughs> so I get it. I'm, I'm emotionally drained. It's a rough yep. day. I feel like I lost a treasured loved one. Yeah, you really never, lost out of that. Somebody, that I, somebody, that I never somebody swooped in with their bag of money. That I never knew, right? It's wrong on BAT. Somebody swooped in with $6,000. Yeah. These damn elitist pigs. Sorry, somebody <laughs> swooped in with their handful of money. Yes. Uh, anyway, I'm going to go. because we're, we're starting to get a little punch drunk here at the end of the show. Can you? Um, was it just like a bunch of $1 bills so it looked like more? It probably was six thousand and three hundred of them to be exact. Probably paid in pennies. So, as always, 
Keep cards analog. Under three grand, I guess. Eight hundred dollars, Andrew. That's the number. Yep. Eight hundred dollars. If you want, if you want us to buy your car, list it for a thousand dollars and be prepared to accept eight hundred. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or less. Less is fine too. Man, I forgot. It's been so crazy. I forgot that the magic number used to be eight hundred dollars. That's not even. That's not even possible anymore. No, it's like scrap metal now. Yeah. Yeah. Eight hundred dollars is like the car is in the junkyard, like in pieces. Like you want to pay eight hundred dollars for this car? I'll I'll junk it for for free before I give it to you. Yeah. Damn it! Yeah. That guy now. Yeah, it's it's beyond that now. Yeah, yeah, we bought I, like yeah. Oh man, so many cars, so many good cars for eight hundred dollars. Yep. Anyway, yep. on that note, aim for the roses. We'll see you later. Yeah.